Wow. He's alive. Good morning. Happy, happy Easter to you. It is wonderful to see you. Across the world today, people, Christians, are celebrating this truth that Jesus is alive. And very often when they do that, they share what's called the Paschal greeting. Someone says, the Lord is risen, and the response is... Uh, That's good. Uh, If you were in Russia, after you say that, you have to kiss the person next to you three times. Well, we're going to pass on that today, okay? You'll be pleased to know. So let's uh, let's make that declaration together. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen. You know, uh, you're probably anticipating that Pastor Darry would be uh, here today, and that was the plan. Uh, However, on Friday, Bonnie's mum, Beverly Gordon, I went home to be with the Lord. And so Bonnie and Darry send their love and Easter greetings to you, but quite rightly they are today with their family uh, in Grand Junction. I know that we will be praying with them and for them as they grieve, but they don't grieve as those without hope because the Easter message speaks to the realities of life and death. Let me read to you from Luke 24, an Easter reading often known as the road to Emmaus story. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. He said to them, foolish you are. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day is almost over, so he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, they took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen 
and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. It is true. He has risen. If you're able, stand with me, please, and let's worship together the risen Christ. Do you know our choir and orchestra and worship team were here at 6 a.m. this morning to get ready for this? And you know that took a lot of work and preparation. So why don't we put our hands together one more time? Thank you, guys. Well, it is wonderful to see so many uh, people here today. We have folks in the South Auditorium and in the Arts Centre as well, all over this building. And, and I'm kind of conscious that because there are so many new people, thanks guys, that I, uh, you might not know who I am. Uh, um, my name's Jeff, I'm part of the teaching team, and uh, I'm from Tennessee. So it's really good to, to see you. Now, there are a couple of things that we are going to do just a little bit differently today. Uh, the first thing is that the outline on your bulletin is not the one that I'm going to be preaching from, okay, because of the changes this week. So we're going to give you a weekend off. Uh, you don't have to fill in the blank because we don't want people you know, writing things out and then writing something else in. So you can relax. Unless you find that emotionally traumatizing, uh, then you feel free to go ahead. But uh, um, we're, we're not going to use the bulletin on in, or the outline in your bulletin. Second thing, very important, we usually ask you to turn your cell phone off for these services, but I would like to ask you to take out your cell phone and turn it on right now. Would you do that right now? Um, it's okay, it's not a trick. Just take out your cell phone. And uh, we are going to have, through some amazing technology, we are going to have an interactive experience on an Easter 101 that's going to involve some texting. And you're probably wondering, is there a surcharge per text which will be applied to the Pastor Jeff Vacation Fund? <laughs> and uh, yes, 50 bucks a time. No, seriously. Nothing. It's a free text. It's just whatever you normally pay for text. So I'd really like to invite you, wherever you are in the building, to have, let's have some fun with this, but it's a serious point too, uh, because what we text in will be instantly recorded and displayed. We've got a few questions, and what happens is you send your text to 22333, 22333, Various keywords will come up on the screen. It really doesn't matter if you put the capitals in or not, but make sure that you go with the right spaces, okay? And we're going to figure out how much of the Easter story we really know. So, everyone ready? Let me see those in this auditorium. Let me see these phones. Wherever you are, you can... Oh, there's a lot of phones there. That's great. So, all right. So, what's the big event? First question, what's the big event that everyone should be talking about at the moment. What's the big event that everyone should be talking about at the moment? Is it the Colorado Eagles in the playoffs? Uh, is it Easter, the death and resurrection of Jesus? Or is it the royal wedding? Uh, which is the, what, what's the event? And if you want to say the Eagles, it's Eagles 1. If you want to say Easter, it's Easter 2. And if it's the royal wedding, it's royal 3. So go ahead and continue to vote. It's interesting that there are four people so far who think it's the eagles. Yay! <laughs> eagles. That's, that's cool. 
And eight of you think it's the royal wedding. Thank you for your support. That's, uh, that's really nice. Uh, now ten. Uh, but look at those numbers, 294 so far. And those numbers will increase who are saying it is, of course, the Easter, the Easter story. Great. All right, let's move on to the next question. Next question is, who was resurrected from the dead? <laughs> who was resurrected from the dead? Was it Alice Cooper? Was it Jesus? Was it JFK or <laughs> was it Elvis? Uh, it's Cooper 1 if you want to say Alice. <laughs> it's Jesus 2 if you want to say Jesus. JFK 3 or Elvis 4. This is fascinating, people. There are, there are seven people who think that Alice Cooper has been raised from the dead. I didn't even know he died. I thought he just occasionally looked that way. But, you know, that's, that's just kidding, just kidding. Five for JFK. And 37 people think that Elvis is in the building. How about that? That's great. 338 so far uh, for Jesus. Okay, all right, a more personal question now. More personal question. Why did you come to Timberline today? Why did you come to Timberline today? Uh, someone made me for the donuts and coffee uh, because I'm wearing a new outfit and the world needs to see it or to celebrate the resurrection. Made one for someone made me. Food two for donuts and coffee. Uh, outfit three for new outfit and risen four for celebrating the resurrection. Uh, there are at least eight people here who are really into the donuts. How about that? Uh, be patient. We'll get there soon. Eighteen now. Sixty of you are here because you were forced into it. Bless your heart. So bad. Hey, guys, seriously, thanks for coming, even if you were pressurized, threatened. Hope you feel welcome now. Someone made me. Uh, 32 have got a new outfit. I'd like to invite you to stand, but that'd be wrong. And um, 305 so far for the resurrection. Okay, last question. Last question. Uh, how would you describe the road that you're on at the moment? How would you describe the road that you're on at the moment. Is it easy going? The sun is shining. Is it rather confusing? Not sure where I am on the map. Is it same old, same old? You're on cruise control. Or are you finding that this is a road with some hairpin turns and you're in the middle of a crisis? Easy one for easy going. Lost two for rather confusing. On cruise control is same three. And in the middle of a crisis is crisis four. And we'll let you go ahead and vote. Uh, majority, oh, look at that. Uh, confusion is up there with easy going. And uh, on cruise control. And uh, some are in the middle of a crisis. All right. Well, that's great. Well, here's something really important. I'd like you to turn off your cell phone now, please. Would you... Please go ahead and turn that phone off. Think about those responses to that last question. 
Easy going, rather confusing, same old, same old, or I'm in the middle of a crisis. Those two on the road to Emmaus didn't have anyone to text and they didn't have text. But I think if they were texting in, they'd probably say that their lives at that moment were rather confusing and that they were in the middle of a crisis. And maybe as you've come here today, you find yourself uh, in a very, very similar situation. They were confused. Jesus had been raised from the dead, but they didn't know it. The city of Jerusalem was buzzing with all that had been going on. And now we see these two on their road. We don't know much about them. One of them is called Cleopas. Uh, Tradition says that he was the brother of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. So it's an interesting idea that this is Uncle Cleopas who's walking along the road. And we know nothing whatsoever about the other travelling or the other companion. But as these two are on the road to Emmaus, and as we've been thinking in that last question about the roads that we are on, perhaps as we share these next few minutes together, their conversation and what happened to them can be of potentially life-changing benefit to us. So let's take a look at this, this story. First of all, when we first meet them, they are on a dead-end trail. They're on a dead-end trail. You could say they've got Good Friday blues. In verse 21, they say, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Have you, those of you who are parents, have you ever been on one of those journeys that has been punctuated by a question from the children in the back where every 30 seconds they say, are Are we there yet? And they want constant updates on that issue, don't they? And I know that when that happens to you, you praise the Lord for the joy of parenting in those those wonderful moments. Are we there yet? I think these two would probably have said something similar. Are Are we there yet? Because you see, their hopes had been dashed. Do you notice what they say? We had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. What's that about? Well, Israel was under occupied or was occupied territory under the Romans. They did have a king, but he was a puppet king. His name was Herod. He had paid his way onto the throne of Israel. They hated him. And so now these two have this, have this hope that Jesus was going to be the one to set up an earthly throne to, to set Israel free from their captives. And now they are disappointed. I wonder if that's us today. Life just hasn't delivered. And we had such hopes. And that relationship, that, that marriage, it started off as gold and diamonds and it ended as ashes in our hands and We had hoped. I want us to know today that even if the only prayer that we can pray is, I had hoped, that Jesus will hear that prayer because he heard that statement from these two on the road. We can, you know what, you can come as you are today. You don't have to pretend. And then as well for these two, it's a dead end road because death is still a lingering issue. They they think that Jesus has died. They've missed the the key truth of the whole story. Death is an issue for all of us. Let's face it. 
someone once said the statistics on death are rather impressive. <laughs> one out of every one person dies. Well, we can try and avoid it, can't we? Woody Allen said, it's not that I'm afraid of dying, I just don't want to be there when it happens. And we can, we can maybe echo that, that attitude. But these two were about to discover some news that would affect their living and their dying. Please know this today. Easter is so not about eggs and bunnies. It is about life and it is about death. And these two are about to discover that. But they begin on a dead-end trail. And then secondly, a travelling companion arrives. The travelling companion. And he comes with stunning news. Look at verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Now, most commentators have looked at this through the years and have come up with the idea that they didn't know that it was Jesus because somehow they were supernaturally prevented from knowing that. But that's not actually what the Bible says. The word there is kratio in the Greek. It means, literally, their eyes were under arrest. They didn't recognize him. We don't know why. It's a question, not a statement. Is it possible that they didn't recognize him because of disappointment, weariness? Are we nearly, are we there yet? Just tiredness? Jesus is right there and they don't notice. It kind of reminds me, um, of that, that, I've talked about it before here, that lovely episode in, um, in Bugs Bunny. Everyone familiar with Bugs Bunny? It's not a book in the Bible. It's, uh, and, and you, do you remember Elmer Fudd? Everyone remember Elmer Fudd? Elmer Fudd's a kind of weird guy, and he's a little guy with a gun. And uh, there's this wonderful scene in, in uh, one Bugs Bunny episode where Bugs Bunny is standing right next to Elmer Fudd. And Elmer turns to him and he says, Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Now there's a pretty big bunny standing right next to him. But he hasn't noticed. I wonder sometimes whether that can be the issue with us. What has kept you from noticing Jesus? Has it been busyness or survival? Has it been ranting hypocritical Christians that have turned you away? What has prevented you from recognizing him? And, and I wonder this, think about this. How has he been trying to get your attention? Do you, do you remember when grandma told you about him? Maybe. Do you remember being in that Sunday school class or going to that youth camp and hearing about him? Do you remember... Staring at a sunset and your heart burst and you express gratitude to someone and you, you felt some kind of connection but you can't quantify it or analyze it and you don't know what to do with the feeling. Do you remember crying out to God when you were in a real mess and somehow sensing that maybe just maybe someone was listening but now what? Has he been trying to get your attention? You see, he shows up and he, he tells them the whole story. Verse 27, he begins with Moses and the prophets. He starts at the beginning. He lets them know that we were never designed to be alone. 
We were never designed to do life without God. In the beginning, it was God and humanity, women and men and God together. That was the way it was planned. And then sin came, messed the whole thing up. And Jesus came, didn't just die, he lived. He lived to show us how to live. On the cross, he dealt with every obstacle that can come between us and God. He was raised from the dead, beating sin, beating death, and now invites us. He comes to us with the news that everything can be different. What has kept us from him? How has he been trying to get our attention? Well, the third thing is that there's a supper invitation. There's a supper invitation. Come in and stay. Verse 29, they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. I don't know whether this will offend anybody, but the reality is Jesus was having a little fun. Some of us would go, excuse me, Jesus having fun. I find that impossible to believe. We Christians don't have fun. We have joy. (laughs) And it's really deep. (laughs) I, I, I love this. Because look at this, verse 19. They're talking backwards and forwards about what's been going on. And he shows up and he says, what things? Hello! What do you mean, what things? He's been right at the center of everything. But he effectively shows up and says, what's happening? What's up? Why? Because he wants to know what their version is. And then I love this, verse 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. The word there means to pretend. He made them think that he was going to go somewhere else. And they say, Jesus, stay. Why does he do that? It's because he waits to be wanted. And they invite him to stay. By the way, this is not a British invitation. You know, my invitation for the royal wedding, uh, it, it, it doesn't have any balloons on it. There's no fun stuff. It actually says, Her Majesty commands you. It's kind of rude, isn't it, to command someone to go to a wedding? There's not a lot of fun. By the way, I know that a hundred of you are going to come up afterwards and say, Did you really get the invitation? (laughs) This is not a British invitation for supper. I said, you why don't you bother me? Stick around for a Jesus! Stay! The word here means to compel forcibly. This is this is not really you feel like staying for a sandwich? No, this is Stay! Don't go! It's a beautiful illustration of what the beginning of the Christian life looks like. It's saying to Jesus, come on into my life, will you? Here's here's a question. If Jesus showed up at the door of your heart today, what would the doormat be outside your heart? Would Would it look something like this? Would it, would it say, uh, oh no, not you again. Or, or would it say this, welcome, welcome. 
Come on in. You know, I, I couldn't sleep last night. <laughs> Let me tell you a secret. Uh, we had our first service at 7 a.m. this morning. I set five alarm clocks this morning because <laughs> I was so scared I was going to miss it, which would be wrong. And I woke up at 3 a.m. this morning and I couldn't sleep. I, I was walking around there. I got up at 3. Do you know why I couldn't sleep? It's because last night, dozens and dozens of people for the first time, gave their lives to Christ and said, welcome in. And at three o'clock this morning, I was like, let's have a service, quick! But you weren't here at 3.30 a.m. Where were you? I want you to know that in a few minutes from now, there's going to be an opportunity to say welcome to Jesus. Bring your questions, bring your fears, bring your doubts. I... I became a Christian 34 years ago at the age of three, and I've still got my questions. <laughs> but don't miss this. Jesus, stay a while. Hey, please, stay forever. Then the last thing is that they're on the road again, back to the future on the road again. Look at this, verse 33. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. That is incredible. Are we there yet? And then they get there. But something so radical has happened that they make a 180 degree turnaround and head back on a shadowy, dangerous road. Why? Because Jesus changes everything. Please know this. In a few moments from now, I am going to offer... A prayer for you to pray if you'd like to put the welcome mat out for Jesus. But I really need you to get this. This is not about just praying a little prayer. Yeah, that, was, well, that was nice, wasn't it? I prayed that prayer. This is about beginning a whole new life. It's about a turnaround. These two were looking for a king and they found one. The king of their lives. This is about... A lifelong experience of apprenticeship and learning and following Jesus that we are talking about. And it really is um, an amazing invitation that we have. And, you know, I, I told you to turn your phone off. And in telling you to turn your phone off, I'm sorry about my ringtone, uh, I, I um, forgot to turn mine off. Would you excuse me just a moment? I do need to take this. This is really quite... So in the middle of an Easter service. Hello. Yeah, yeah, hi. Yeah, happy Easter. Yeah. You know what? This is not really a good time. No. Yeah, I am with some people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. You know what? I, I really have got to go. Okay, all right. All right, Jesus, bye. <laughs> now, by the way, before you get mad, that was planned, okay? Because <laughs> I can see it on your faces, some of you are going, oh, God. <laughs> Disgusting. I can see it. Stone down right now. <laughs> it was planned. But I did it to make a point 
And by the way, it wasn't Jesus. Okay? But we can do that. Yeah, yeah, all right. Whatever, Jesus. All right, talk to the hand later. Why say later? Why leave it? Why not make this the most historic Easter in the history of your days on this planet? And say to him, yeah, I get it. Welcome. I need you. I want you to come into my life. Would you bow your head with me? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you today for the moving of your spirit among us. We thank you that this resurrection message is not a theory. It's a life-changing reality. We pray now, Lord, that in these next few moments you will do what only you can do. You will take the message and draw people to yourself. Let's keep our heads bowed, please. And this is the moment. I need to say this is the moment that some of us are going to look back on 40 years from now and say, that was the day. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to make this choice now, to become a follower of Christ. I invite you to whisper this prayer in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. There's nothing magical about this prayer. It's, it's simply, I hope, a help for us to take a first step. So here we go. Jesus, I come to you with all that weighs me down I come. I choose to put my faith and trust in you. Forgive me for all that is wrong in my life. Thank you for dying for me so that I might experience a new life through you. Thank you that you are alive and that I can know you always. Show me how to live for you from this day on. Be my Lord. Show me how to live with you. Be my friend. Strengthen me, direct me, and touch a broken world through me. I make you, Jesus, my priority, my purpose, my confidence, my defender, my guide, my Lord, and my God. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Just continue to bow your heads with me for a moment. And I want to ask you to do something very simple. If you just prayed that prayer. Wherever you are in this auditorium, in the South Auditorium, in the Arts area, in the Mall, wherever you are, 
if you just use that prayer because you want to be a follower of Christ. Can I ask you please just to do something very simple and that is I'd like to ask you just to slip up your hand and hold it there for a moment and then put it down again. Would you do it right now please? Hold up that hand. Lots of people are responding so hold it up high please. And you can put your hands down. Thank you for those in the other venues who are responding as well. Would you sit up please and open your eyes and would you celebrate with dozens and dozens of people who in the last few seconds have said yes to Jesus Christ. Can we welcome them and give thanks to God. Praise you, Lord. You paid the debt. You are alive. And as we walk on our Emmaus Road this week, you promise to be with us if we'd want that to happen. We pray for every person today who has made a commitment to Christ. We thank you for every life, every one. We pray that you will protect the seed of the Word of God that's been planted in their hearts. We pray that they will become strong friends and apprentices of Jesus. And we praise you today for the resurrection life that is ours. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Two really important things before you go. Number one, our prayer team will be here to pray with you if you would like. Uh, particularly if you just prayed that prayer, you might want to have somebody pray with you. And secondly... We have arranged a little project to test your Christianity today. It's called the parking lot. So be nice, people, okay? Happy Easter. God bless you. Great to see you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much for being here. you Lord you paid the debt you are alive and as we walk on our Emmaus road this week you promise to be with us if we'd want that to happen we pray for every person today who has made a commitment to Christ we thank you for every life every one we pray that you will protect the seed of the word of God that's been planted in their hearts we pray that they will become strong friends and apprentices of Jesus. And we praise you today for the resurrection life that is ours. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Two really important things before you go. Number one, our prayer team will be here to pray with you if you would like. Uh, particularly if you just prayed that prayer, you might want to have somebody pray with you. And secondly... We have arranged a little project to test your Christianity today. It's called the parking lot. So be nice, people, okay? Happy Easter. God bless you. Great to see you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much for being here.